Garth. Let's do it. Wakey, wakey, zoobs, and Jake. Uh, <laughs> how do you like that compared to compared to? Um, we're, I'm throwing out. I'm throwing out new. <laughs> I like that. It doesn't sound like you have worked on it at all. <laughs> I wish that that was true. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I didn't come up with that in the afternoon uh, and then sit on it for four hours and then try it out on the air. But I did, unfortunately. Um, no, it is less than Jay's. Oh man, here. Do I'm not recording. There we go. You weren't recording. I am now. Beautiful. Well, we got your we got your banter anyway. We got, we got beautiful. beautiful the power of our dual redundancy backup recording. It will exist anyway. It is. Uh, boy, we weren't really sure. We we were always going to record on Monday. This was always going to be the day that we recorded. But two different things had us pausing today uh, because we were going to come in here and we were going to do listen. Since we did our teaser episode at the end of last week. The Jays made a big sign. Not a big sign. The Jays made a signing. We're like, yes, we have a thing to talk about. We're talking about Kikuchi. We're going to talk about Andrew Vasquez. We'll use that to talk about the pitching staff because that is what they've addressed so far. And then throughout this afternoon, we have had rumors flying aplenty. Then we got sort of we sort of thought we should be careful about because if we record this, we're basically guaranteeing uh, Freddie F- Freeman signing <laughs> on the bottom line. Uh, but then. Also, we got to we got to record eventually. This, this will never this will never stop. If we if we if we if we always were worried about the rumors, uh, we would basically not recording until the season starts. All that is a way to say welcome to I guess episode zero zero one of Less Than Jays. I'm your boy the Zoobs. I am joined as always by Jake Goldsby. Jake, how are you? I'm okay. I'm. I will say the uh, rumor mill firing up today. Really, uh, really got my got my juices flowing, as you will. Got the the dopamine rush I have not felt in some time today. It's it's, it's exciting times. Nothing like staring at your phone to give you the to give you the dopamine rush. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I love to press refresh on my computer to see if someone said anything new. People think I'm doing a bit. People think I'm when I did my. You know, the best thing, the best five things about sports are transactions, rumors, speculation, reaction, and highlights. People think I'm doing a bit. I legitimately do believe that transactions are the most fun part of sports. I, I think that's, that's not a bit. That's a legitimate belief that I have. You know, I feel like it's one of those sport fan things that if you don't, like, just on face value saying that, you're like, no, of course it's not. It's the games. It's camaraderie. It's blah, blah, blah. Gambling, I don't know. But then you, like, just, then you think about, maybe it's, and maybe it's more a Toronto thing, just because, like, our successes have been so few and far between. Like, you think about it, and if you think about all of your favorite sports moments of your life as a Toronto fan, if you really think about it, I guarantee you at least, like, 70% of those are transactions. Absolutely. It's, listen, the, the, there's only so many, I think for me, there's only so many ways you can feel about the actual events that happen, right? Somebody wins, somebody loses. It's black yeah. and white. It's one and zero. The transaction, the rumor, the speculation, you are, you are, there's a million shades of gray that you're painting with. There is the, this is going to work. This isn't going to work. They gave up too much. They didn't give up enough. There are so many different ways. And especially when the moves haven't actually happened yet, uh, you're writing out fake lineups, you're 
putting together packages that may go the other way. It is all the synapses firing inside your brain, getting you excited about something that may or may not happen. Something will happen, I'll say this confidently. May not happen tonight, may not happen during this recording, but the Blue Jays are going to add a good hitter at some point in the next week or so. It's going to happen. They are they are linked to too many players right now for it to not happen. And that fills me with all kinds of excitement. That is why I say the things that I do about transactions being the best part of sports because the Blue Jays are in that sweet, sweet zone. We, you know, baseball, part of the CBA discussions, part of the problem with the game according to both sides was sort of trying to eliminate tanking and and we talked about this in years past about how frustrating it would be that you know when 2019 the jays weren't really trying and and you know what when the jays are trying i really don't care that the, that the reds <laughs> are tearing down i really don't care that the, that the cubs well, are taking a dump on their the, fan base it's the leafs thing you know it's it's only cheating against the cap if other teams do it that's right I'm, my team, I'm even thrilled. like we we talked this before like cheating's fine if, like, my team's doing it, like, whatever. Simply sign or trade for the players that are uh, the holes you have in your lineup. Simply add a, a, a guy who can hit and play DH. Simply add a third baseman and just sign just, a pitcher. It's just that easy. Just run your team like you would run a franchise mode in a video game. That's all I ask. <laughs> They're doing it. They're linked to everybody. As we said, they are linked uh, strongly. Carlos Baerga has them linked to Freddie Freeman, who has not been wrong yet. Carlos Baerga breaking the Semyon deal, breaking Yimi Garcia, having the money on Kevin Gausman. If you want to talk yourself into, why would Carlos Baerga know this? Carlos Baerga, of course, played in the Cleveland organization for years under Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins. So he would, if somebody would know, he's a guy that you could you can connect a dot pretty easily uh, one side or the other as to why Carlos Baerga would have Blue Jays news repeatedly and why he has it now when the Blue Jays inevitably do add Freddie Freeman. We'll get into the fit for Freeman and all that stuff in just a minute. We're going to talk about baseball a little bit more. I would otherwise, also, I would otherwise. also point out that uh, Carlos Baerga is doing a Instagram live in half an hour. There we go. And the image in the center of his little promo is a Photoshopped picture of Freddie Freeman wearing a Blue Jays jersey. You have to love it. And, and shout out to Carlos Baerga for having sound effects on his post. Uh, crackling fire. A- a true content king going with the with the freddie freeman in the um world baseball classic canada jersey as well as some photo chops into the jays jersey really appreciate the extra effort from carlos Baerga. other guys other other in, insiders you know half stepping in he's got a graphics team on this he's using uh, i'm not going to say after effect but he's using some program to add sound effects so i appreciate that carlos Baerga going the extra mile putting the extra time in making it stand out in a sea of just tweeting that uh, teams have talked, and that's interesting. Carlos Baerga, go on less than Jays. Yes, indeed. Come talk uh, to us about your process of breaking <laughs> Toronto sports news and then tell us that Freddie Freeman's is coming here. Uh, Jake, some quick catch-up catch up questions. How's your week? How's your wife? Uh, week's fine. I don't know. It's Monday, so the week is just starting. I wish it wasn't Monday, but it is. Uh, wife seems fine. Wife is on the couch trying to ignore the fact that I'm talking about wife. She's showing me something on her phone that I can't see. Plants. plants. She's buying Shocking. more plants. Oh, my Beautiful. God. Is your uh, house also full of plants? Less so. Less so than it was. We, we had a we had a pretty heavy plant 
infestation recently, a little bit less uh, now. Than, I mean, not less, the same amount. But we have, we stopped adding to the degree that we were we were doing uh, in the summer and in the spring. Hmm. Yeah, we uh, we have not stopped adding. Cassie never stops adding plants. Yeah, she's smiling at me because she's. I can tell she's buying more. It's devious. Yes. Uh, week is good on this end. Wife is thirty six weeks pregnant, and uh, her birthday is. On Tuesday, the fifteenth, the Ides of March, my wife. That's right. Beautiful wife's birthday tomorrow. So I'll never forget um, your wife's birthday because it was the uh, start of the pandemic. Ides of it's the Ides of March. Um, easy to remember. Look at that. Uh, yeah. So lots going on. I uh, I installed a car seat today, which I saw that. How did I that will tell you? I will I've tell heard you. Kind of a pain. I've heard that's kind of a pain to do. Well, the it not it's not so much that it's a pain. It's that it is. Um, first of all, required by law that it is installed and we know how to use it before we can take our baby out of the hospital. Um, we have to prove we have to prove that we have it and that it and that it works. It sort of is mm. a requirement. And also, like um, that's probably a good, uh, yeah, a good a good requirement to prove. Also, you know, more than uh, hanging up photos or building. It's, you know, on the short list of most important installations of my entire life, right? Right. Basically yeah. cannot afford to get this wrong. So it's stressful in the way that it has a ton of priority attached to it. It has a ton of importance attached to it. It is quite literally the safety of a brand new human being for the first, goodness even knows, several years of their life, but especially those first three months where all they're really doing is sleeping and wriggling around. Um, it's a super important thing to have done. So I'm happy to have done it. Um, it's installed in there and, uh, yeah, emotional. It's emotional time. I'm getting, I'm, we're, we're, if, if, a, if a character in a TV show references their parents or their child, uh, we get choked up over here. It's the, the emotions oh, are you're, coming. You're fully in like fast and heavy. Yeah. Having a child in a month. I say this respectfully. My wife is, is starting to go crazy. She's starting to like, <laughs> I mean that with love, but like you'll, I'll look over and just sobbing about something and then uh laughing and then sobbing and then uh tough times tough times but hey um that's life and I'm, we're gonna blink and he'll be here so uh that is coming up at the top of next month that is jesus jesus that's three weeks four weeks away uh crazy 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 anything else going on in your life jake that you like right now that you're happy about honestly <laughs> it's gonna sound dark no Beautiful. uh Get into it. We'll get into it on the uh, when we do our our Patreon. Uh, how yes. how was the last few months episode? But uh, I am extremely thankful to have baseball to talk about. It's, it shouldn't be that, but it is. Uh, yeah. Speaking of the Patreon, we've knocked out uh, our first three stretch goals. Stretch goal number one was the phone line, which you can reach eight three three seven one four seven 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 four. Second stretch goal was the How Have You Guys Been? What Have You Been Up To? podcast that we're going to record this week and have out by the weekend. Just going to be us talking uh, about what we've been doing for the last, I don't even know, four or five months. Uh, lots of changes on both ends. And the most recent one is the mailbags got unlocked at 25. So we have uh, a monthly mailbag is back and ready to go. The next stretch goal at 40 patrons is a fast food review. You can pick the food that I will eat. I will go to a fast food restaurant and eat it in my car and review it like so many of the YouTubers that you see. That is 40 patrons. That is a couple a couple handfuls of patrons away uh, from being a reality. So if you want a piece of that, patreon.com slash less than J's. You also get episodes extended. We're going to do a full mailbag uh, in each episode. And 
All the answers go on there if you're interested in that kind of thing. All that and more, plus extra shows and all that other stuff, patreon.com slash less than Jays. Speaking of the Blue Jays, we got a lot to talk about. They have made some moves with more coming. We're going to dive into it right now. So the Blue Jays got things started off, Jake, yesterday. Sunday? Yes. Today is Monday. Oh, boy. Yeah. Upside down inside. Saturday. Saturday. They're true. They started it out Saturday. Uh, Andrew Vasquez was the first guy they signed. A left-handed pitcher with an option year left. Um, Signed to a major league deal, but I'm expecting to not start the year in the major leagues, barring something crazy. Um, Just a couple of handfuls of major league innings with 810 ERA. Throws a lot of curveballs. Not a lot to talk about with Andrew Vasquez. Um... I don't have a ton of takes. I, don't, I can't assume you do either. Maybe you do. No, not at all. <laughs> I would love. To, I would love to sit here on our first real show and wow <laughs> the people with my takes on Andrew Vasquez, but I unfortunately do not have any. I think you wowed enough people with the, with the playoff take in the first episode. <laughs> that wasn't even a take. That's just being wrong. Fantastic. It's one of those um, things. That the second it left my mouth, I was just like, ah, oh, no. I had to let, I had to leave it in. It was too perfect uh, for the ethos of the show. But the first depth charge, the first um, you're thing right. Fifty three percent of the time, you're wrong. Forty seven percent of the time. <laughs> um. Uh. The uh, the first move that did that we can really really talk about. Um, USA Kikuchi, former Seattle Mariner, came over a couple of years ago, 30-year-old left-hander. He made the All-Star game last year, even though he ended the season with a 4.41 ERA. His ERA is just under three lifetime. But three years, $36 million for Yusei Kikuchi, $16 million this coming year, and then $10 million each year after that. So we call that front-loaded uh, in the biz. Yusei Kikuchi, probably your number five. Jake, how did it hit your ears to start with, and how are you feeling about this uh, day and a half later? I love it. I think this is, um, you know, in a vacuum, if you're just saying, hey, the Jays send Yusei Kikuchi, I'm not, like, I wouldn't be over the moon, but I think what it represents and the context is important for this one. I think that it's, you know, we, we, you and I have talked a lot in the past about needing the Blue Jays front, front office to kind of prove it to us, to prove it that they were serious about really building a winning team and we've seen it multiple times over the past couple of years thankfully you know it started kind of started with Hyunjin Ryu and then of course George Springer and I suppose to a lesser extent the Marcus Semien deal we saw it by DFAing guys early in the year last year like your Tanner Roarks or your Shun Yamaguchi's uh, by bringing up Alex Manoa Alec Manoa in the middle of the season and to me, and then I think like the big question that you and I have, we talked about this the other day, you know, what, what does, does the Jays front office view this year as, you know, we talked a little bit in our episode zero about the, the opening and closing of windows, and how those windows can be short. And to me, paying, hey boy, I can't speak today, paying, you say Kikuchi $36 million 
over three years to be your number five starter. That to me says we're not fucking around this year. That this to me is an addition that you had to shore up your pitching staff and secure the back end of your rotation. If we were signing Kikuchi to be our number two starter kind of thing, obviously it's not a move you like, but to be your fifth guy and to probably have to compete with a couple other guys to keep that spot, which we'll get to in a bit. I think it's fantastic. I think it's exactly the kind of move a contending team would make. I think that the Pete Walker magic dust is very much in play here. It feels a lot to me, sort of obviously different kinds of pitchers, but feels a lot sort of like the Steven Matz deal last year that we all kind of scoffed at. And then he turned into one of the best back end starters in the league. So, you know, you go on his baseball savant page and some of the sort of advanced stats aren't, aren't gaudy. Let's say some of them are downright bad. You could say extremely bad when you get to (laughs) he's in the first percentile, which is bad for average exit velocity and hard hit rate and barrel rate. He throws a lot of meatballs, in other words. Yeah, but, you know, the guy was an all star last year and you can quibble with that. I'm not going to stop anyone from doing it, but his numbers the first half of the year were not bad. He just had really he just had an abysmal September. But like before the all-star game, he was six and four. He had a whip of 1.09. He had 98 strikeouts and 98 innings. Like he was before the all-star break, he was not a bad pitcher. And then after the all-star break, he was very bad. But also we saw what happened to the Seattle Mariners in the second half of last season as well. That was a weird team with a lot of luck who ended up just kind of giving up, even though they only missed the playoffs, but I think a game somehow. They were just, they were a weird team and with a lot of not great players. And I'm not going to say that, you know, Kikuchi was a victim necessarily of the players behind him, but I think that on a where you're supposed to be a much better team, like the Blue Jays are supposed to be, and you have Pete Walker and you have the rest of the rotation and the rest of the lineup, I think as your f- number five guy, I think it's a great move. Some... Uh- Yes, I, I agree with with mo- almost everything you said there. As a number five signing, if you if you hadn't added Gausman, if you hadn't added right. Barrios, if you hadn't added uh, even Manoa, and you're saying, as you said, the two moves since 2019 were Ryu and Kikuchi, you'd be like, oh boy, uh, some lefties with some up and down, some hot and cold, some inconsistencies. But uh, as a number five with, I mean, honestly, pretty low money, $10 million for a baseball team is not a lot um, in, the, in the two years after this. If you want to go to that baseball savant page and feel optimistic, similar pitchers based on velocity and movement alone, take away results, take away everything but the type of pitches they throw and how they throw them. Uh, the number one most similar is 2021 Robbie Ray, who, when Pete Walker had his hands on him, uh, turned out pretty okay. Um, four seam fastball and cutter, uh, 95-ish Throws a slider, throws a changeup. The changeup, not very good. Negative three run value. So, um, yeah, that is sort of your your little mini scouting report. I agree. There's those two easy comparisons. One of them, if you want to, is you can say, you know, he has the 2021 Robbie Ray makeup. You could also say, and I saw Drew Ferris Service, our good friend, bring this one up, is sort of um, Jay Happ when when, when Happ Mm. came in and had that good year. Just sort of fastball dominant um throws 95 to 97 um you know gets meatballed a little bit some home runs but if you can if you can 
shave down some of the, you know, basically the change up usage, if you can either shave that down or improve that change up and, and get some movement up the board, a guy that has a lot of opportunity to surprise. And again, as, as a number five, um, he really also has utility as an innings guy, because as you said, um, maybe not, maybe not a, uh, a competition right now, right away for the fifth start, fifth starter role. But I mean, you're looking at this rotation. It's it's Barrios, Gausman, Ryu, Manoa, Kikuchi, and that allows you. And, and I, this is one of my things, one of my not pet peeves, but one of the things that I laugh at every so often is, you know, people are putting together their 2022 Blue Jays rotation and they're penciling in Nate Pearson, uh, which is like very dangerous. <laughs> the, the Nate Pearson is going to start for this team discourse uh, can be dangerous, but they're now in a spot where they don't really have to count on him. He can he can overachieve or he can become a back end of the bullpen guy. Uh, you have you have Ross Stripling, who has always been at his best as a swing guy. He was that's where he was at his best for the Dodgers. Um, you you have Thomas Hatch who who was okay in in some small usage, as well as those guys that that Bison level guy that Jesus two years ago I was sitting here saying well well they opened the door where if one of those guys overachieves they have a chance like Anthony K overachieves yada yada it's like they don't have to worry about that at all that that's not, that's the number nine squad now that that's that's if they can come in and not get killed twice a year then then that is fine so um very very good uh sort of starting five the the top four i mean i mean i, I love manoa i think we all love manoa um but also you there's many times that a pitcher comes in looks very good in his first three quarters of a year and then gets solved a little bit i believe he's going to be able to go beyond that he had some great stuff and is a very very good the makeup is there and the effort is there and the stuff is there so i don't doubt it maybe he's not going to be a 3.2 guy but boy as a number four as a hard throwing big uh a lot of a lot of really good pitchers in this top five and a lot of different pitchers which is something i also think is really important is like you have ryu who is like a craftsman you have Gausman, who is a, a splitter sinker guy. You have Manoa with his really powerful stuff. You have Barrios, who's just like a real wizard up there. And now you have Kikuchi, um, who you're hoping to sort of fit into that Robbie Ray mold where it's just fastball slider, fastball slider. And and whether you know uh, if you can hit it or not, it, it or if it's coming, it, it's whether you can hit it. Um, I think that's a really impressive, you know, five guys with with some variety righties and lefties power and finesse uh i think there's a chance this is a very good pitching staff and this is not long ago we were, we were talking about how they've assembled the hitters and now they just need to add the pitchers it's crazy now they have the pitching and we're waiting for them to add one or two more hitters yeah and i think you look at the the depth of the pitching squad i think is what excites me the most especially coming off of last year where so much of the narrative of the season was off oh, they had just shored up the pitching staff a little bit. Where could they be? And like you look at last year, you had Tyler Chatwood through 30 games last year. <laughs> Taylor Saucedo through 29. He wasn't bad, but like my point stands. Anthony Castro through 25 games last year. Trent Thornton through 37. Rafael Dolis through 39 games with an ERA above five. Uh, Joel Pamps pitched 22 games last year. It, the list goes on, and I think the fact that now you look at the staff and you have the the big five, obviously, then you still have guys like Pearson, like Stripling, like Hatch, and then you have the rest of the pen where you have a full year of guys like Adam Simber, and I believe Trevor Richards is back this year. Pretty sure. Uh, yeah, I think so. So you have full year of those two guys, then you still have 
Jordan Romano in the back, who if you want to talk baseball savant pages, his is absolutely ridiculous. You hope that Julian Merriweather looks like he did for those first couple games of the season and he's back full speed. You've added Yimi Garcia. You've brought David Phelps back. You know, all of a sudden, you're looking at a team that has one of the deeper staffs in the majors. And I thought that Shai Davidi said it great in his sort of headline tweet of his article about the sign, the Kikuchi signing, where he said the Jays have come a long way from an opener and a guy. Mm-hmm. Where, like, think about, like, it, I know it's hard to remember because every year is six years now. But, like, think about those games in April and May last year where you had... Tyler Chatwood going two innings or you had Tanner Roark starting a game and like, yeah, you can, it's, I don't like to point to April and May results, but the way the playoff race shook out last year, those games ended up mattering. And if you can, and the J the Jays were playing from behind basically with their bullpen last year. And the whole year was, how are they going to fix this? And they should have fixed it before. And look how good this offense is. And look how good this team could be if they had just done X, Y, and Z. And, you know, who knows how things shake out. Pitching is one of the most volatile things in sports. We could be sitting here having those same conversations in two months. But you can't look at what the pitching staff looks like today and say, well, they didn't do their work to shore it up. So, you know, who knows how it works, but... I'm I'm happy with the the route they're taking, and as you said to me the other day when we were talking about the pitching staff in our little in in text, you said you can go out and find those Simber guys pretty easily midseason, as they did last year. So if this is your starting point for a pitching staff, and like most good teams, they sort of take stock of where that staff is at come June, July, August, and then you add those guys, you know, they went out and got Simber. They went out and got Richards. They went out and got Brad hand, which didn't work, but was a move that is of this ilk. And, you know, they were doing that because they started from behind in the pitching staff. And this year, it seems like they're at, at the very least, they're starting from a better position. So hopefully there's less maintenance to do throughout the year. We mentioned the five guys, Barry Oskowsman, Rayu, Manoa, and Kikuchi, and a point you made uh, earlier Man, the, the years are. This is the this is the rotation for the next year and the year after that, and then the next little bit. It, it, seven years of control on Barrios. I think he has six and an option year, five from Gausman, six from Manoa, whose service clock just started. Two now Ryu has this has the shortest. Only two more years of Ryu and three more years of Kikuchi. Ryu now. Uh, sort of the closest to moving on next year. He's an expiring contract. Um, this is what the rotation is going to look like through this team's window that, uh, you know, barring another big trade or barring um, a, a major deck shuffle like the the Blue Jays window that is open right now with this Vlad bow um, cohort of players. This is the rotation that they built around them. They have those those three and four uh, real pillar guys in Barrios, Gausman, Manoa, and, and you could say Kikuchi as well. It, it's very interesting. As you said, they've they've done the work. They've filled that gap. And there's really not, a, as you went through that, you went through that, uh, you know, the, the, the bullpen as well. I mean, there's not a lot of work left to be done in the pitching staff. You could, you could, you could always add, obviously you can always add another reliever you could always add you know no team has ever been like oh we have too much pitching that's not a real problem but you know that we're not sitting here saying oh they have to go out and add another impact guy they may be maybe they don't have an ace they don't have garrett cole but they also don't have anybody that's 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 bad i think it's the really important thing i think we talked at the end of last year 
Um, we talked at the end of last year about, you know, where do they, what do they need to do? What do they, what do they need to get? What do they, how do they need to add? And it was like, I was really adamant that they need to sort of get themselves into that raise mold where it's like, you have to become matchup proof and you have to become, as you went down, the, you know, the guys who pitched 30 games last year, the guys who appeared in, in more games than they should have, um, now more than filling in stars is you have, now they're at a point where like they're, they're going to have no bad players, which is, I think at some, some point is almost more important than having the stars is your, uh, there's nobody that you're like, Oh, I can't believe so-and-so is in today. Like there's, there's no picture that, that you're looking at right now. when you're looking at this bullpen of like Romano, Meza, Simber, Garcia, Richards, Phelps, Pearson, Stripling, Vasquez, Barucki, and Merriweather. That's for eight slots. That's a lot of guys to to cycle in that that have that have either been, you know, very good at the major level or or are above average or you know you can cut bait on. That's that's a pretty nice well to pull from with the plus the five guys plus as I said Pearson Stripling Hatch, uh, and, and you know whoever you want to add. Boy, that's 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 depth. That's a strength. That's exciting. Yeah, and it's just. It gives us less material, which is <laughs> we'll get into the, a good thing. They're <laughs> talking about third baseman for the next <laughs> three weeks. <laughs> it, um, but like, no, I think, and I think, and I don't mean this quite as negatively as this sounds, but, 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 nor, neither you nor I are big Charlie guys. And I don't think he's the worst manager in the league. I don't think he's the best manager in the league. I thought he did an all right job last year. But when he's definitely a guy who likes his guys, and those guys aren't always the best guys to go to in a certain situation, as we saw last year. And some of that is necessity. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's all bad calls. But to your point, when you have no bad guys all of a sudden those decisions become a lot easier mm-hmm. for managers and for fans and for players. And, you know, it's not going to work every time because that's not how baseball works, but it's a hell of a lot easier to swallow a loss when you're going to one of the guys we just mentioned than it is to trot out Dolice and Thornton again. Uh, yeah. Your opinions on Charlie aside when, you know, he, he can only screw up, fill out a lineup with six all-stars in it so many different ways. You can only, you can <laughs> right. only screw that up so many different ways. It's possible, but I mean, we're talking about a very good, you're potentially nitpick- great. Team. You're nitpicking at this point. Then it becomes the argument last year of like, should George Springer lead off or not? Where at a certain point, it's kind of like, what are we yelling about? Absolutely. Um, Quickly, the the rumors flying around. Carlos Berger, as we said, has Freddie Freeman uh, in hot pursuit, and other people. I think uh, I think Heyman or um, I can't remember said that the Jays are in fact deep in conversations and have been wooing him quite a bit. We've heard uh, Kyle Schwarber, who I'm a big fan of. I, I, I wanted Kyle Schwarber at the end of last year uh, when he was still injured and in in the home stretch. That was who I was really Im- impressed with. A, a guy that takes his walks, hits the snot out of the ball, bats left-handed, cannot field at all. Uh, as, as well as, I mean, obviously Jose Ramirez is a name we've talked about basically for a year now. Um, if you had to pick one of those three, or I'll, I'll even throw a fourth one there, Matt Chapman. Which, if we only do one, which one of those four doors would you want to open? I mean, Jose Ramirez, I think, is the dream acquisition. It's the perfect fit in pretty much every box you can check. But 
I am starting to get the opinion, and I could be very wrong, but I am starting to have the opinion and belief that if they were going to trade for Jose Ramirez, that deal would have happened already. And mm-hmm. I think that that to me indicates that the asking price, as it should be for Jose Ramirez, is higher than the Blue Jays want to pay. Uh, and I don't think that's necessarily unreasonable, depending on what it is. You know our stance on prospects, which is trade them all. But if you're getting into, you know, taking pieces off the board of the team they're currently constructing that aren't prospects, I can I understand the hesitancy. I would still do it, but I understand I understand why maybe they're pivoting to guys that just cost money rather than uh, talent. Mm-hmm. but Jose Ramirez is still my first pick. That being said, if you want to tell me they're going to go get Freddie Freeman and Kyle Schwarber, I am certainly not turning my nose up at that. Absolutely. Because if they were to, if hypothetical, I was thinking about this when these rumors started flying, the Schwarber rumors started flying about an hour ago. If in this hypothetical dream world, and I genuinely don't know if it's possible for it to happen, for them to sign both guys, uh, if they did, though, that would be probably the greatest lineup ever assembled in the city of Toronto in any Bold. sport. Bold. In any sport. Wow. Like that line, the, the batting order is absurd. In your any worst, sport. Jay. Your worst hitter in that lineup is Danny Jansen and Alejandro Kirk. In any sport, Jake. Well, I mean, we've had... Of the big four sports, we've had one title in 30-some years. Yes. And you can make the argument that that Raptors, on paper, that Raptors team wasn't even better than some of the teams they beat on the way to winning that. Especially the Warriors, if everyone's healthy. Boy, oh boy. Obviously, an excellent team, wonderfully coached, had one one of, if not the best player in the world at that moment. But, you know... Old. I like it. We just ran through how good the pitching staff is. You're right. And then you're telling me that your eight hitter is Lourdes Gurriel. It's your eight yeah. hitter. Yeah. No, you're right. It's it's uh it's crazy and and it's not and it's not crazy. It's it's actually downright reasonable. And that's what's so exciting about it. Is it? And they're certainly talking the talk. Uh, like this could be something that we're doing. I will say um, this: okay. if you remember, a little over one year ago, there was a two-hour period where it looked like the Jays were going to sign both George Springer and Michael Brantley. Mm, Don't tease me. I'm just saying there is, and it sounds like from all accounts, that was extremely close to happening. All I'm saying is that there's precedent set for these kind of twofer signings by by this team. It didn't happen, but maybe this is a chance to get it right. And as we speak, uh, Shai Davidi floating the idea that the Jays could rescue Joey Votto from the Reds, who are obviously fire sailing, and pick up uh, one of Luis Castillo or Tyler Mall for their for the trouble. I think that might. On the I think that would. Yeah, you let's get Votto, Castillo, and Freeman here. I think that I would vote. be my uh, that would be my ideal. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to ask me what my hypothetical dream situation is, Joey Votto, Freddie Freeman, and Luis Castillo. Unreal, uh, boy. We're gonna put a, pl- a pin in the Blue Jays talk because. Uh, something crazy is going to happen the more we talk about it. Uh, we're going to take a look around the league at some of the other transactions and give some quick thoughts on some of the stuff because there's some funny, funny, funny stuff that happened. Just a second. 
so much has happened uh, around the league. I love this. I love these little transaction flurries. It, it unfortunately is very, very fun to me. Um, as I, I already said my whole speech, but you know that uh, the transactions so, so, so good. A couple teams absolutely fire sailing at the athletics and the reds fire sailing it uh, as well as our old pals, the New York Yankees. I want to start with the Yankees. The New York Yankees trade Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela already. Jake, I am so happy to not have to hear about how Gary Sanchez is actually good. To not have to ever hear the story. <laughs> have a, What a turnaround Gio Urshela is. Can you believe Gio Urshela? I'll never have to think about that again in my entire life because those two players now play for the Minnesota Twins, which is where news goes to die. Uh, in exchange, Josh Donaldson, destined to be in pinstripes, and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, who had been traded uh, from Texas earlier in the year. They are Yankees, Kiner-Falefa, and Donaldson are Yankees. JD going to go no facial hair. Uh, <laughs> I don't look like Looking like a cop is what he looks like. <laughs> looking like and uh, acting like a cop on Twitter as well. Uh <laughs> Aside from the excitement about not having to hear about how Gary Sanchez is good and we just need to give him a chance and not have to ever hear about Gio Urshela ever again, uh, my initial reaction is one of hilarity. It is one thing to add Josh Donaldson to an already very good lineup and be like, anything he adds is a, is a bonus. It's another to be like, Josh Donaldson is one of the most important hitters on our team in 2022. So I am tentatively not worried about this at all. I actually find it quite funny. Um, it's kind, kind of a weird, kind of a yeah. weird deal, right? Absolutely. Kiner Falefa is a good defensive shortstop, but cannot hit a damn lick. So I am happy about that being the Yankees takeaway from this. Yeah. When, when I saw the deal go through yesterday, it was definitely one of those, like, are, are you sure kind of deals <laughs> for me? Um, also, I know we all love Josh Donaldson for 2015, 2016, as we should, but like, doesn't it kind of feel like looking like a cop and being on the Yankees is the ultimate destiny of Josh Donaldson? It, surprised it took this long, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, it just feel, it feels right. And as much as we all love him from those two seasons, I'm kind of like really excited to hate him a little bit. <laughs> I like I, I'm not going to lie. There's just something about him that just I feel like he's going to be really fun to dislike on the Yankees. Just should be noted. He was quite, he's quietly been very good in Minnesota, yep. Atlanta and Cleveland, like an above average, above average hitter in, in those spots. Just couldn't quite stay healthy with the twins. Yeah. I just, uh, it's just seemed to your point, especially with the reports. So today that they are looking to start the year with the, or with, they were, they are maybe not pursuing Freddie Freeman and maybe comfortable with Anthony Rizzo as their everyday first baseman. Seems like it seems like an odd strategy to start the season if you're literally the New York Yankees to me. But what do I know? I'm excited. I'm excited because it's it's certainly less fun than maybe being in the Freddie Freeman sweepstakes. It's certainly less fun than uh, being in the uh, you know we're gonna add all these great guys would trade for Jose Ramirez if, if their big thing is that they trade Gary Sanchez who they loved for Josh Donaldson. I'm absolutely signed off on that being uh, perfect for for me. <laughs> the thing about being a Blue Jays fan that you always have to keep in mind is every elite player the Blue Jays sign 
is an elite player that did not go to Boston, New York, or Tampa. Speaking of elite players not going to Boston, New York, or Tampa, when when the when the Yankees made this trade late last night, my first thought was, oh no, the Yankees are about to trade for Matt Olson from the A's. I thought yes. they're gonna they're gonna back it up. They're gonna go Manaya and Chapman and Olson. I thought maybe they would, you know, I don't know. The worst fears, your whole life of traumatization from Yankees moves <laughs> uh, comes up all at once. Matt Olson, though, going to the Braves for a prospect package. That means Freddie Freeman almost certainly uh, not going to be back with the Braves. It's Matt Olson. I'm thrilled with this for the Freeman freeing up and for the lack of Matt Olson in that Yankees lineup. That makes me uh, happy as well. Yeah, again, to get, you know, we sort of touched on this the other day talking about Freeman rumors. And even as much as I dislike the Los Angeles Dodgers, if the Los Angeles Dodgers sign Freddie Freeman, at least he's in the National League. Certainly. Get all these guys away from, if we're not going to get them, get them away from any team we have to play until the World Series. Yeah. Absolutely right. Uh, speaking of that, Carlos Rodon, the Giants, speaking of teams you wouldn't play into the World Series, um, it, it was basically, I mean, Rodon, obviously a little bit higher upside than Yusei Kikuchi, for example. But I think you could talk yourself into like maybe rather having had Kikuchi for 336 than Rodon for 244. I love that Rodon was the first major signing post lockout and immediately a GM complained. <laughs> that's great sorry broke ass baseball team not interested I think it was, the Reds. Think it was the Reds which is funny it was just like oh you can't compete with this like you just did this for three months brutal uh, the Reds throwing a bunch of their chum overboards Red getting gets getting rid of Sonny Gray he's a twin now uh, they also traded uh, Unahenio Suarez and Jesse Winker I'm a huge Jesse Winker fan they are Mariners now I like that the Mariners kudos to the Mariners for being like we made a run last year but we didn't we're not sitting here thinking we're a 90 win team uh, we're going to make some moves to to solidify that roster I like that out of the Mariners I like teams wanting to win it, it's more fun um, you obviously have to have teams so looking the Mariners to lose don't dump all the guys they acquired that are good midway through the season again well, you never know if if they're if they're not in the in the hunt. It's definitely uh, a possibility. Some other small stuff. Nelson Nelson Cruz, pardon me, to the Nationals, uh, who also added um, Sean Doolittle is back with them. Um, the Mets, who are going to go into the <laughs> super luxury tax, which I love, good for them again. They trade for Chris Bassett. The A's again continuing to shed. Uh, they also had Adam Ottavino, who we've seen in the AL East a little bit, pretty hot and cold. Um, you know, Rangers trading for Mitch Garver, the, the Rangers going from bad to a different kind of bad. I respect that. <laughs> Is there anything else, any of the other moves that have happened so far that sort of have caught your eye? We got a lot, bunch of bullpen guys as well. Not really. I mean, Sean Doolittle going to the Nats only caught my eye just because I love Sean Doolittle. And I'm not even sure if he's necessarily good anymore, but uh, I've always enjoyed him as a human being. And I would have loved to have rooted for Sean Doolittle to make the Blue Jays bullpen, but not a move that I'm going to sit here you know, really upset about. He has posters on her. Sean yes, he does. <laughs> Which is all you can, you can either be a great baseball player or be a great poster. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to be both. You have to be one or the other. Um, yeah, some other small, you know, Andrelton Simmons to the Cubs, uh, Martin Perez back to the Rangers, which I'm happy with because the Rangers are the first team the Blue Jays play and Martin Perez soaked in piss against uh, this Blue Jays lineup. is. <laughs> I like that the Rangers are adding all these big names and 
people are like, oh, the Rangers are going for it. It's like they've added those like four guys. They have four guys. They basically, yeah, gutted the entire thing. But but I'll also, I'm, I'm not going to ever compliment the Rangers, but you 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 know, I would I would almost rather the teams go out and do this and sign Marcus Semyon when they're bad anyway than do yes. what the A's do and just like never 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 bother right to always be always be good and then selling. At least they are like we are bad and our move to stop being bad is to add major league players. That's worthwhile. That's worth something. Maybe not worthwhile, but it's worth something. Yeah, I think I agree with that. And, you know, you got to sell tickets into that stadium that you built in the 2020s that's somehow worse than Skydome. <laughs> props to the, props, and shout-outs to the Texas Rangers. Always finding ways to be the Texas Rangers. I love that for them. Um, okay. So that sort of – I mean, that's very quick. A lot of players going to uh, other teams. It's a lot um, of moves. I'll throw some. I'll throw some. I'll throw some player names at you, and you just give me the the idea of where you think these guys are going. Okay. Uh, we'll start at the top. Carlos Correa. What, what does your heart tell you? Carlos Correa is going. I think he's going back to Houston. I have to agree with you. It does feel like why why would he leave? Why leave Houston? Other than other than the Yankees backing a unbelievable amount of money up to him, which I don't think they're going to do. To me, Houston makes a lot of sense there for him. Yeah, I think. And I don't know if it's just because like. It's Carlos Correa, and like it's hard to picture him not in Houston, but I think he's going back to Houston. Uh, somebody who has been linked for some reason to the Colorado Rockies. Um, why Why anybody would sign with the Rockies right now is beyond me. Uh, but somebody that I had also heard third hand, the Jays were at least having conversations with, the beautiful blue eyes of Chris Bryant. I would have loved Chris Bryant in Toronto. I don't think he's going to be in Toronto. Uh, yeah, I... Also was confused when I saw the Rockies are pushing hard for him. I think it was Heyman said that it's at the uh, owner level now. Uh, <laughs> the loser owners of the Colorado Rockies. I, I That leads me to think that maybe he'll go to Colorado, but I just can't imagine why Chris Bryant would go to Colorado. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cop out again. I'm going to say he goes back to San Francisco. Wow. That one I haven't uh that one I haven't that one I haven't heard. What about what about Nick Castellanos? Oh, it's a deep drive to left field. <laughs> uh well this one's certainly not going back to Cincinnati. Uh Nick Castellanos, I'm gonna say the New York Mets. I get a I get a I get a Phillies vibe from Nick Castellanos. Mm, Phillies, had, Phillies had to do staying something. Staying in red. Yeah. So, Phillies have to do something. They're, every offseason they do something. That's a good one. Uh, Trevor Story, speaking of... Uh, Man, I don't know. Me either. Weird Trevor Story's a, a weird one. I've heard us, the Jays link to him a little bit, which I do not want. Uh, I am of the belief that Trevor Story is a Coors Field creation. Mm, gutsy. Uh, I could see Trevor Story ending up in the AL East, though. Maybe the Twins? Twins, I could see Boston taking a run at Trevor Story. Ooh, Boston. Although they need a Bogarts. And I guess they need someone to play in Toronto that's vaccinated. Um, <laughs> Red Sox does maybe Red Sox does maybe make sense. Feels like Reds or maybe the Rays. Trevor Story feels like a, a Tampa Bay guy to me. Gutsy if the Rays is pointing up for anybody. I mean, there was talk they were in for Freeman. We'll see. Man, that that would bother me. I was talking about getting 
bothered. I would be extremely bothered if, <laughs> if Freddie Freeman went Story, to the Bears. Stories turned down one nine-figure offer from a team that wanted him to change positions. I'm sure. I'm sure. Interesting. Twins are twins are rumored for Trevor Story. And then uh, we'll do Michael Conforto, who is a guy that I really wanted the Jays to be in on, but have not heard anything to that extent. Conforto. I'm going to say Michael Conforto is going to go to the Chicago White Sox. Ooh. I can see that. Uh, maybe he goes to Colorado. There's a guy that would just go to Colorado, chill. And just like hit piss rods the rest of his life. and right, Yeah, not worry about a damn thing. <laughs> um, okay, and then that leaves it to the two... Names we started talking about earlier in this episode, Freddie Freeman and Kyle Schwarber. If not here, then where? If not now, then when, Jake? If not here, I it seems like a foregone conclusion that Freddie Freeman's going to the Dodgers. It's if, hard for me. It's hard for me to believe that the Dodgers aren't going to try to one up any deal. Yeah. Uh, especially with like considering all the noise of the last three days about Freddie Freeman has been Dodgers, Dodgers, Dodgers. Hard for me to not see them hear this Blue Jays stuff and be like, oh, what's another $30 million? Mm. Uh, and Schwarber, I kind of think, I think Schwarber is going to be a Blue Jay. Schwarber's coming, baby. Schwarber's coming. Kyle Schwarber's and coming to Toronto. Write that in the books. I'm also going to say, I think Freddie Freeman is too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do. I, I do. I think that. I don't know. I've ever since Bayerga first mentioned it in fucking December, it just sort of felt right. My uh Because you know you know yeah. why it feels right? Why's that? It wouldn't be a fantastic Toronto sports move without also creating a dumb argument from the dumbest sports fans in the city. <laughs> The, when the Raptors got Kawhi, it was, he's hurt. He's not, like, he gave up DeMar. He doesn't want to be here. He's going to leave, blah, 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 blah. When, even with Springer, it was, he's from Houston. He's, you know, he's 31 and you gave him so many years. It just, doesn't it just feel right that the Blue Jays would make a let's go win the World Series move for literally Freddie Freeman? And all the dummies want to talk about is where are they going to play them? Mm. Yeah. Doesn't listen, that yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's going to take playing time away from the kids. Blah, blah, blah. That just feels right. And th this is not, I understand this is not a perfect comparison. It's not perfect because of ages and primes and windows. But, and this is me being uh, very old. It's a very old sounding <laughs> thing. I'm about to say it. The Blue Jays managed to fit in Paul Molitor with, Joe, with John Allroad. They managed to do it, even though they right. both play first. And there was, who, who, how can they both play? They got a DH. Get, right now, the DH is Alejandro Kirk, which is good, but not great. <laughs> You'd be fine. You'd be fine. They'd be fine. I'd feel a lot better about if their DH is a rotating version of Vladimir Guerrero, Freddie Freeman, and Kyle Schwarber. It's not that crazy. Not that crazy. Uh, also, I, agree, I, th I, agree with I also think Schwarber. Vlad. I think Vlad can play third. Whatever. Who cares? Who cares? It's the ball never gets put in play anymore. Who cares? It's not that crazy to think that a professional baseball player 
of Vlad's talent can play third base. Also, it's not like Biggio was good at third last year. Right. <laughs> like it really didn't <laughs> seem to matter. Uh, I'm into it. I'm into it. You find a way to make it work. You get a lineup full of incredible hitters and you find a way to make it work. Not that hard to do. I, uh, I'm into it. I hope that you are right. I am pretty sure. I, I've got a good feeling about Schwarber. I don't know about, I don't know about Freeman, but I got a good feeling about Schwarber. Yeah, I think, I think Schwarber's happening. Okay, we're going to take a break. We're going to do the mailbag. It's, oh, first mailbag of the new show. Very exciting. We're going to do that in just a second. Jake, what was your favorite mailbag question this week? Ooh, I like the uh, first favorite, uh, first favorite Blue Jay and earliest memory question a lot. Excellent, and I, uh, yeah, I think I think I'm gonna go with Chris Hastings and the one through five who we want to go to dinner with. Great, great questions. We if do you, love food. We love food questions. Love a food sure. question. And if you want every single mailbag question answered. That's on the Patreon, patreon.com slash less than J's. The $5 and above tier gets you the full episode with no editing. We just pump it out. No editing uh, crushed out. You get every answer to every mailbag question. But otherwise, we edit it down and just have the ones we like the most. Hey, Jake, we open it up. We open up the mailbag for the first time uh, on the new show. Uh, Chris Hastings asked us, rank the rotation one through five of who you would le- most like to go to dinner with. Now, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you this. You get some good options here because... Um, Alec Manoa is a big meal poster. The guy loves to post big meals, but even he, even he would say, uh, that, you know, Hyunjin Ryu sort of walked him through that. So you have, you have Manoa, who is a big guy from the Southern United States. He's from Florida, which, you know, they like to eat in the South. You have Ryu, who is an enormous Korean dude and Korean food is delicious. You're now adding Kikuchi. Japanese food is delicious. You have Barrios, who is uh, Puerto Rican. You get some delicious Puerto Rican food. And you have uh, Kevin Gausman, who I think is probably going to be last. He's from Colorado. So I have Gausman fifth, no question. Um, yeah, Gausman, Gausman's fifth. It's not even close. So I think I think going from, for me personally, five to one is Gausman, then Barrios, probably Kikuchi third, Manoa second, and Ryu first, personally. I would have the same order with the caveat that I do not know enough about Kikuchi as like a dude yet. For sure, for sure. To, to know where to put him on the ranking, which is why three three feels right. I think Manoa would be the most fun to meal with, but I think Ryu would take you to the best spots. Ryu seems like a fella, and I mean this with as much adulation as I possibly can have. Seems like a fella who likes to eat. <laughs> he does. And he seems to enjoy bringing the joy of food to people he takes the fellas out for korean barbecue he brings uh korean fried chicken into the clubhouse famously i think it was when they were on the road in new york he found like a low-key korean barbecue chicken spot and just like flooded the uh locker room with korean food and was like you have to eat this and and vladi was like i don't know and took one bite and he was like okay i'm gonna eat this every time i'm in this city for the rest of my life (laughs) I have Ryu number one. Uh, first of yeah, all, Korean so. food is delicious. Second of all, 
the guy seems to very much enjoy the act of taking people out for food. Uh, and as I said, Manoa, a guy that obviously also knows how to get down, lift weights and eat steaks, uh, no question. But uh, I think he is learning. He's under the learning tree of Hyunjin Ryu, who is how long ago we were like, he was the only guy we were excited about. And now he's like, oh, yeah, Ryu as well. It's crazy how quick <laughs> things go. Um, my wife, Melissa, asks, what's your earliest Blue Jays memory and which player was your first favorite? Great question. Uh, first favorite, Jimmy Key, forever, always will be. Uh, have a Jimmy Key jersey today that I still wear. Love Jimmy Key. Uh, my f- earliest Blue Jays memory. Uh, it's not a good one. Um, I believe, and I am pushing my memory here because I was very young. I believe this was so. Uh, one of my parents' very good friends used to be the photographer for the Blue Jays. Uh, wow. For Skydome. So we used to get what, one of the main reasons I'm such a fan because I went to so many games as a kid because we had this access. Uh, and so I believe we were at, oh, I'm going to look this up. Uh, hold on. I believe this would have been game three. No, game two of the 1992 ALCS, October 8th, 1992. Wow. So I have, would have been freshly four years four years old. Kelly Gruber hit a home run in the bottom of the fifth. And if you remember, in the early 90s, whenever a Blue Jays player hit a home run, there was a bunch of fireworks. I do remember that. My first memory is being scared shitless of the fireworks. <laughs> and crying in Skydome as the Blue Jays... David Cohn got the win in this game for speaking of earlier and crying in the sky dome as Kelly Gruber hit a home run to give the Blue Jays a two nothing lead in the bottom of the fifth because I was so scared of the fireworks. Incredible. Incredible. Uh, I will say, first of all, my first favorite player that I can remember is John Allrood. It was very easy to be enamored with the big, tall, quiet guy who wore a helmet in the field because it was mm-hmm. like. You knew there was no mistaking it for anybody else. He was wearing a helmet at first base. It was like kind of weird. We've like we've never seen another guy really. And it, wear a you, it in the you, field. when you're a kid growing up a Blue Jays fan, you just accepted that as a sort of what one guy did. Just like oh yeah, he, has, mm-hmm. he wears a helmet, uh, and then no further question. Um, loved John Allrude. The, the sweet swing, the, the calm demeanor. Seemed like a nice guy. Seemed gentle. Could just absolutely hit everything all the time. Um, if you've if it's been a minute since you've watched John Allred highlights, the swing would absolutely still play. No, no flaws. Unbelievable hitter. And again, wore a helmet at first base. Just that easy. My first memory, it also doubles as the first time I ever got acknowledgement for being good in school. I went to see a game with my dad. I don't remember the details of the game other than um, Rance Mullenix played. And I, I went back and I wrote about it in my journal. And I got sent to a... Um, like a, I don't even know, camp or a retreat or like a special thing for people from different grades that were good at writing. And because, and I, it's funny, my mom, because we have obviously prepping for my son arrival, mom's dropped up a bunch of my old stuff. And I have the old journal of, it's just like, I, I would, I think it was, I was five or six, maybe grade one. So it's 91, 92. 
And every page in that journal was about the Blue Jays. It's silly. My, my, <laughs> my teacher's notes are like, good writing. Can you write about something else, please? <laughs> it's like, it's hilarious. I'm writing about baseball. And then I was like, okay, I read about football instead. I was like baseball obsessed. Uh, so I wrote, about, I wrote about this game. The Blue Jays won. And I got told I was good at school. Like, yeah, you're a good writer. Good job. And uh, it's the only thing I've written about or cared about since, basically. So, um, yeah, great question. John Allrude. And writing about a Blue Jays game I went to when I would have been, it would have been 1990, probably. Hey, Hans. Uh, first of all, I want to congratulate you both on the new program. Uh, Sports Hub was the people's program. It's for people, by people. So I'm excited to see that uh, legacy continue with the new program. Uh, quick question for you both. I'm going to ask you both to dream a little dream. Uh, and if you had your choice to add somebody or even somebody like that, uh, to the roster before opening day. And they had to fit the following criteria. They have to be a switch hitter. They have to play third base. Uh, they have to be born on September 7th, 17th in the year 1992. Who would you select and why? Thank you very much. I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> excellent question. Uh, excellent question. You know, given those, boy, given those parameters, that's tough. Um, let me look this up. Let me just let me just look this up and make sure that I can cross-reference my. I don't want. I'd hate to get this wrong. You know, you know, Jake, <laughs> research and and being accurate is our entire thing. Look, you can't be right all the time. Be right sometimes. You know what's funny is September seventeenth is Marcus Simeon's birthday. <laughs> Is it actually? Yes. <laughs> uh, Zach Granite uh, is an option. No, Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez. Um, I'm starting. To, it's funny. I know that that continues to be in the back burner, but the the, the excitement over Freeman, the excitement over, uh, you know, Schwarber, the excitement over Kikuchi. I've almost forgotten to be excited about Jose Ramirez. What about you? Yeah, I feel like I think I've just accepted that it's not happening. Mm -hmm. So... I, I've it went from very much a like oh man because like it's funny too and it also kind of speaks to how transaction season works. We went from being pretty confident the case we're getting Jose Ramirez <laughs> to now being like oh, if they get Schwarber and Freeman instead, that's fine. Life is good. Uh, other famous September seventeenth birthdays. Good problems to have. It's Casey Jansen's birthday September seventeenth. Um, Dan, Dan Heron. Dan Heron. John Franco. <laughs> Uh, yeah, listen, I'm still very excited about Jose Ramirez. Still very excited about Jose Ramirez. So, uh, no question. No question. And we have, a, we have one from Danny in Guelph. Yeah, this is Danny from Guelph calling. Uh, I just want to say I'm a long time listener, first time caller. Yeah. I think, uh, Kikuchi is going to be the next Robbie Ray this year. Thanks. I'll hang up and listen. Yes. The Robbie Ray, you say Kikuchi connection you could make it if you really wanted to. If you decided to make that connection, you could do it. Um, it's, oh, it's, it's funny how, like, I, I think we are almost underplaying, like, how crazy it is that they got that out of Robbie Ray last year. Maybe maybe the, a few months into the season when the, we see the new pitching staff and we're not sure. Like, man, Ray was incredible. They really, they really, they really did it. <clears throat> incredible. You want to talk uh, about... Under, uh, under the radar stories to track. What's Robbie Ray like this year? Oh, yeah. Good one. 
That is it for the mailbag and the voicemail. If you want to drop us a line on Twitter at less than Jays or less than Jays at gmail.com or call into the take line like the brave callers like Danny from Guelph did today. 833-714-7774. When Freddie Freeman signs with the Jays, that is the place to put your reaction to it. And we will play it on the show and respond to it. We have one last thing to do, Jake. That is to uh, finish the show off with our final takes of the week. Jake, it is time for the end of the show. Talk about pressure. You thought the the intro saying was pressure. <laughs> what comes at the end of the show now? People are asking themselves. Um, and I'll say this before we get to that. Carlos Barriga on the IG Live. I believe Freeman has a great opportunity to sign with the Blue Jays. We heard that last year someone told Vladdy to take grounders at third base in case this happens. So that is what Carlos Barriga has. He has the scoop that Vladdy is prepared to play third should he have to. And the opportunity is there for Freddie Freeman right now. So that's pretty cool. Boy, we might be uh, talking again sooner than we originally planned. I love it. And I love the idea that the move is to play Vladdy at third. I think that fucking Yeah, me too. Um, I agree. I completely agree. Jake, it's the end of the show. And we're debuting a new segment called Take This to Your Grave. If you know your emo music, that is a deep cut. Take This to Your Grave. It's your final take of the week. You can be anything you want. Jake, let's hear your final Take This to Your Grave. My final Take This to Your Grave for this week is that the Blue Jays, by 3 p.m. on Friday afternoon, will have made three new signings three new signings by friday wow i like that old um a, a, a quick paraphrase from the co-host of of carlos Bayerga's ig live you're getting the carlos Bayerga ig live breakdown uh freeman is plan a schwarber is plan b according to this co-host on this show interesting why not both is what i say i agree uh my Take this to your grave this week is a prediction as well. I tell you this. My son is due to be born April 8th, which just so happens to be the first game of the Blue Jays season. Now, we've been told it's very rare that a child is born on their exact due date. But we've also heard that our due date is the 10th. We've also heard that it's the 12th. So these things move around. Uh, I will give the bold take that my son will be born on the first day of the Blue Jays season. April 8th. It's a, it's a prediction. And it's, maybe it's, you know, is it is it chalk to pick the actual due date? Or is it because it's rarely the due date, is it actually the right thing to do? Um, we will see. But that's my prediction. It's, it's, I will The first Jays game of the season I will miss because I'm in the hospital attending to the birth of my child. See, I don't think that's that hot a take because I think it is... Predestined. 100% what's going to happen. Predestined, yeah. That's what I've been saying all along. I was like, oh, opening day. And I thought it was going to be the 31st. Now now that it's literally the same day as the Jays' first game, uh, too hilarious. And uh, Bayerga, one last update with Carlos Bayerga. He gives Freeman a 70% chance of happening to the Blue Jays. So we will probably wow. have that. Wow. Crazy. Woo. I'll tell you this. If that happens this week, we'll do a podcast basically immediately. 
because we have nobody to answer to. It's just, we just, it's just us. We just click it. Bada boom. Man. I'm going to be in rare form if, if that happens. If that uh, happens. No, you know what? We'll save it for if it happens. Crazy. And we're, we're, in, we're in like our, like almost in 90 minutes here. We'll save it for if it happens. Absolutely right. Anyway, that is it for less than Jays. We'll catch you on later up. We're going to catch you on later up this week. We're going to catch you up later on this week. That still doesn't make sense. We're going to catch you later on this week <laughs> up. Uh, we'll probably have a podcast in the second half of this week. If the Jays make some moves, we'll talk to you Friday or if it's Freeman, probably the night that it happens. Um, but either way, we'll catch you at the very end of the week. And that's it. We are so happy that you are here with us on the new show. Be sure to like and subscribe and rate. And if you want more show, uh, we have, as you said before, we have the uh, Where Have You Been This Whole Time catch up podcast, as well as the mailbags and Jays of Our Lives. We have to record that this week. We have so much going on for the brand new show. If you want all that, patreon.com slash less than Jays. In the meantime, thanks so much for coming with us and listening to the show. Have a good one.